let's begin by all joining together and praying. Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be pleasing in your sight. For you are our rock, you are our redeemer. Amen. God's Old Testament believers had a once-a-year experience that God was trying to use to teach them a little bit better about his grace. It was the biggest and most important day of the year. Maybe you've heard of it. In English, we call it the Day of Atonement. Maybe you know the Hebrew, Yom Kippur. This was the peak of their year. This was the thing that they looked forward to throughout the year. And it's kind of cool. Even in the Old Testament, if you take the first five books of the Old Testament, Leviticus 16, which is the chapter that describes this special festival day that stands out, that is at the very center of those first five books, kind of a Hebrew way of pointing to this is the thing. This is the thing to look forward to. This is what's most important. Take a look at what's at the very middle this day the Day of Atonement. Kind of cool that we get that perspective and we can see it's right in the middle. But those believers, every year, got to live this experience about grace. The day started with the high priest. You can think of God's representative between him and the Old Testament people. And the high priest would first sacrifice for himself and his sins. Then he would go and he would wash off, physically with water, completely wash off so that his body would be clean. And then he would put on perfectly clean, perfectly white clothes on top of him. Then he would take two goats. And both of these goats, they were going to be grace, kind of funny, in goat form for the people to experience and to see the sins of the people would symbolically be put on the head of one of those goats. And then that goat, with everybody watching, would be led out into the middle of the wilderness, a picture of sin being far removed and sent away, far away from people deserving anything. No sin is gone. That was grace goat number one. Grace goat number two didn't have as great of a thing because what happened after that was the high priest then would kill goat number two. He would take some of that blood and he would sprinkle it on the Ark of the Covenant. A reminder that if people want to be right with God and have a relationship with God, that blood has to be sacrificed. But that it wasn't the people who would take it that God would provide a sacrifice in their place, that there would be this exchange thing going on. After a bunch more rituals and sacrifices, the people would go home from that one day having heard and seen and smelled and experienced what God's plan to save was. It was an exchange His plan was for believers to experience this crazy exchange every year so that they would keep their focus on a permanent sacrifice, a better sacrifice that was one day going to come for them 
that God's plan all along was to make a trade. And for a while, this tradition really worked for the people. Year after year, the group would get together and they would watch and they would listen and they would see and they would smell and they would watch as those goats would get exchanged and it would remind them that they were God's people by grace because God loved them, because God put the sins on something else. But then something changed. The people kept all those outward traditions, right? So they did the sacrifices. They did the goats. They did all of the clothes. They did all of the burning of things. And it, it looked good on the outside. The same rituals, the same experiences, the same exchange. But what changed was the actions, because the actions, instead of being a way to understand, they became everything for the people. They lost the picture of the better sacrifice that was going to come later, and they got lost in these outward experiences, these outward things that they could do. They started to make their faith based on them and how they could do these things well enough. They turned this whole day into an exchange but not one centered on grace. The early Christian church, that's where we kind of pick up today, was feeling this tension between two ideas about faith and trust in God. Is it about you and what you do for God and how you can do enough to get right with God or about what God has done for you? Speaking as God's New Testament representative, the Apostle Paul taught people it was all about Jesus. Jesus had done enough. Jesus' sacrifice was worth enough. Being saved was a grace thing and not something you can work for. In fact, Paul was so grace-focused that in a couple areas as he was going around and telling this message of Jesus, he didn't even ask people for money so he could buy food. He didn't ask them to provide a house for him to live. He paid for it all himself so that the people would understand without a doubt this Jesus thing, it is by grace. But that kind of grace is not something that comes naturally. And that's why this group in Corinth started to listen as these other leaders came in and they told them that Paul was not from God. Because, you see, Paul's message wasn't worth it. If he wasn't charging you, that's not worth a whole lot. If he's not asking for money, who shares a message that's free like that? Good stuff can only come if you pay for it. So it's this tension between those leaders and Paul's message of grace that he writes this part of the letter. God wants to give them a grace exchange, not one that they have to work for, so Paul defends himself and his time with them that he spent before. Since then, we know what it is to fear the Lord, and we try to persuade others. What we are is plain to God, and I hope it's also plain to your conscience. We're not trying to commend ourselves to you again, but are giving you an opportunity to take pride in us, so that you can answer those who take pride in what is seen rather than what is in the heart. 
if we are out of our mind, as some say, it's for God. If we're in our right mind, it is for you. In other words, this grace exchange, it's going to make them look crazy because it doesn't make sense. But if you go along with God's grace and his picture of grace, you'll love that it isn't about you. So what happened to those Old Testament believers as the generations started only doing the outward signs? God actually told them to stop. No more sacrifices. No more special day of atonement. No more outward signs. God said it. I hate those things. I hate it because you've made this all about you and what you can do not what I'm going to do for you. Even with all the lived life experiences and training, grace does not come naturally to people. We know it because we see this in ourselves for sure. We come to worship. We meet together for life groups. We bring our kids to Sunday school. We take time in God's word on a daily basis. We even watch the dramatized TV show of the Bible more than other TV shows. Like, we like that even a little bit more. And there's still this part of us that wants us to make it about us. It convinces us that we can make up for the mistakes that we've made. That the only way to get rid of the guilt and the shame and the pressure that we feel is if we pay for it by giving God money. That we can earn specifically good things from God if we do specifically the right things back for him. It is so easy for us to focus on the outward things and making the outside look like God had better be good to us. We love to try to make this trade with God. Do you remember this story? Uh, It started out with one simple thing. Remember this? It was 2006 in Canada. There was a guy who made it his mission that he was going to go from a normal, just tiny little red paperclip, and he was going to trade all the way up to a house. Now, I'm going to read the details to make sure I get it right. And it starts out small, and it makes sense. So he starts out red paperclip for a little pen that looked like a fish. Then from fish pen, it went to like a handmade doorknob, a very special uh, doorknob. Then from that handmade doorknob to a stove. Then stove to a nice generator. Then a nice generator to like a party kind of kit thing going on. Then this party kit, this one jumps up. Then it's to a snowmobile. You ready for this? Then snowmobile to a day with Alice Cooper from Kiss. And then from that day with Alice Cooper from Kiss to a paid movie role where you would get to act in a movie and have a part in a movie. And then that was the final thing, active movie role for this old country house kind of in the backwoods in Canada. Little by little, he made these decent trades so that he ended up where he wanted to end up. 
and, and really, this guy, he was honest. He told everybody his end goal was to go from a paperclip to a house. And, and there were definitely people that traded things and were just trying to be nice to him and help him move up. But really, each of these trades, I didn't see anybody gasping or, or like making weird faces because it kind of makes sense, right? Little by little, little trades. Okay, and he ends up with the house. If this isn't the craziest thing that you've ever heard, it's because you have it. This little part of you inside of you that really likes how fair trades work. And it's the same part that's inside of you that tries to make faith into a fair trade with God too. But here's the really good news. That is not Christianity. For Christ's love compels us because we are convinced that one died for all and therefore all died. And he died for all that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and was raised again. Christ died for all of us so that the sinful nature side of us and all the real ways that we have failed to live up to his standard died with him. Sins destroyed. Punishment gone. And just like Jesus on Easter Sunday, God raises a new and perfect person to life. Not new from this fair trade kind of thing going on, but new because of something so much better. So from now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view. Though we once regarded Christ in this way, we do so no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone. The new is here. Newness from God, who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us, Paul and his companions, the ministry of reconciliation, that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them, and he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors. As though God were making his appeal through us, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. Now you see it. It's the truth that God circles around throughout all of the books of the Bible in his word. It's this hinge point of God's story of salvation at the very peak. This is the thing that God makes you new in Christ. That forgiveness is yours in Jesus. That obedience now comes only out of thanks from being set free from obligation that God made an exchange one better than you and I could ever dream of. That God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. This is what grace looks like for real. A perfect Jesus traded for you. One of my family's, my side of the family's favorite shows that anytime we're around, usually we get to watch at least once or twice, is Shark Tank. My parents are coming in a couple weeks after Ophelia is born. And uh, if you want to watch my dad's eyes light up as he's here on Sunday morning, go ask him about Shark Tank and his favorite deals that ever happened on the show. 
if you've never watched it before, you've got a couple weeks now, you can take some time and you, you can watch some of these things. But here's basically how it works. There are a bunch of people that have a ton of money. And what they do is they want to invest their money in entrepreneurs and new ideas and new things. So one by one, the businesses come out, they make their little presentation and their pitch, and then the sharks have the opportunity to try to pay money and get part of the business. I think the reason why we love this show a lot is because you never really know if the idea is actually going to work out. I mean, some of them that you can watch are just awful, awful ideas. But others of them turn into hundred million dollar kind of ideas. Like if you've ever seen in the stores a scrub daddy, it's that yellow smiley face thing that you can really work well on dishes. Or if you have a ring doorbell, the video doorbell kind of thing. Or if you've watched a commercial for a squatty potty, you've seen how this thing can turn out. But it's not till years later, maybe even a decade later, before anybody on that show is going to understand just how valuable an exchange and a trade can be. Thank God this Christ for us exchange doesn't work like that. We know fully right now what our value is because God has made us new. We're worth everything to God. We're worth himself, giving up himself for us. Our forgiveness and our future in heaven is so important that God shapes all of history around this one thing, this awful trade of Jesus for you, an exchange that teaches you that there is nothing more valuable to God than you. Because he'll give it all for you. And that's something I think that God is going to help us understand more and more, especially in these weeks as we look at these different pictures of grace. Because everything is going to come back to this grace exchange. Did you mess up this week? I know you did. God paid for it with Jesus. Did you fall back into the old patterns of life that make your life a mess? God paid for it with Jesus. Do you struggle with the doubts about God's goodness because your life doesn't feel so good right now? God doesn't push his promises away and take them away from you. He paid for it with Jesus, and he keeps his promises to you. Don't look at yourself through this poor picture of grace anymore. It is about him and what he's given for you. You were worth an exchange. The best trade. Better than Shaq to the Lakers. Better than the weekend swap meet deal. Better than anything you're going to find on Shark Tank. Grace looks like an exchange. The best one ever made. Amen.